Hello and welcome to episode 7 of Housekeeping with Elk and Meerkat. I'm Meerkat. And I'm Elk. And uh, we're jumping into, as I said, episode 7, which is called Fidelity. Fidelity? Fidelity? Fidelity, Castro. Infidelity. Infidelity. Fidelity sounds like you're really <laughs> fancy. Like I am fancy. Oh, yes. Fidelity. Oh. Don't judge me. I mean, I'm not judging you. I'm just saying you're fancy. Whatever. Anyways, um, we are not medical professionals. Nothing that we say should be taken as medical advice. Um, content warnings for this episode. Talk Maybe about sex very, like, generally and briefly. Yeah, um, I would say spousal death maybe yeah and then um talk about boobs yeah maybe body image could be in there too infidelity yeah. as well yeah in general if you didn't catch that from the uh the title the episode. right um so the description of this episode yeah, yes is when a young housewife falls ill house suspects that she has contracted a rare sexually transmitted disease but she and her husband each deny having an affair scandalous scandal broccoli Hi, Broccoli. You were supposed to be the nut problem child. She's... Exploring. Mm. Yeah, well... <laughs> she wants my treats. Okay, that's fine. You can do whatever, Broccoli. So, who do we have in this episode? I feel oh. like we don't have as many There really extras. aren't a lot. This um, is a weird episode. A little yeah, bit. this, is, this we'll, is certainly an interesting we'll get, one. We'll get into it. Um, so, our first person is Mindy. It's either Christ or Christ. I'm going to go with Christ. I assume it's Christ. As uh, Elise Snow the primary patient of the episode. Um, she's actually been on a few things I've seen, but I didn't recognize her. Um, she was on the movie Dark Skies as Karen Jessup. I guess I haven't seen that movie enough to really recognize I her from it. it. Um, there's a, a movie called The Jane Austen Book Club where she plays Lynn. Nope. Never saw that one either. And then, uh, like so many of the people on house that guest star uh she's on just a ton of different tv shows which uh, just her husband is one off right yes he actually has some more recognizable roles i can i can talk oh i cannot today so (laughs) um her husband is played by dominic purcell um his name in the show is ed snow which immediately made me think of game of thrones because eddard stark and Jon snow yeah, I didn't watch it. Also, this was before. Game yeah, so they Game definitely they definitely ripped off House. You know, totally obviously. If you were gonna rip off a House show for off your seventy show, your Dragon Fantasy show, it should be a medical show. Yeah, for sure. Um, so as I said, he's uh, he plays her husband uh, now appearing with hair. Um, he doesn't have hair in most of his uh, later roles. Like, he's not bald. He's shaved, but it's, you know, there's it's a that. choice. It's a choice, for sure. <laughs> Unlike yours. Um, he's been in a lot of movies, more like, sure. <laughs> uh, he's been in a lot of movies. Most of them are kind of like TV movies or straight to DVD or straight to streaming kind of things. But um, his biggest roles have been as Mick Rory in the Arrowverse. Um, he's currently on Legends of Tomorrow. And then he plays Lincoln on Prison Break. Yes. He's actually the reason the prison break he's, has to happen he's always ready to run yeah exactly <laughs> always ready to jog man uh we then have brennan elliott as <gasps> the jogging buddy the jogging buddy adam um he is ed's adam. friend and jogging partner adam <laughs> <laughs> i miss fine so much 
Um, he plays Robert Fredericks on Night at the Museum, Secret of the Tomb. This autocorrected to Street of the Tomb. <laughs> that's that's more of it's the a really big tomb. It's yeah, got the streets or the rip off one. Of, <laughs> I don't know. Um, he plays Ian on Curse of Chucky, which we have seen, yes. but not in a while. Um, Graham on Unreal and Warren Saget on Cedar Grove. No, watch those two. Um, so, yes, to Curse yeah, of Chucky. Yes, to Chucky. Of yeah. course. Uh, Clementine Ford as Samantha Campbell, who is the only clinic patient in mm-hmm. this one. We really didn't do it's too a much of her. Yeah, um, she, as a clinic patient, presents with shortness of breath. Um, she is some random cheerleader on Bring It On. Yeah. Cool. I can probably point her out. Probably. Um, she plays Computer Girl in American Pie. Might be able to point that one out Maybe. to you, actually. Uh, Mackenzie Browning on The Young and the Restless. Nope. So, okay. Soap operas are fucking nuts. Like, yeah. she was on the show for two years. Only two years. 2009, 2010. And she was in like 9,000 episodes. She did 163 episodes. Yeah. In two years. Jesus. That is something else. Soap operas are an art. Wow. Uh, that's dedication. Hopefully you, I mean, if you don't get paid a lot per episode, at least you're doing, you know, a lot of episodes. 80 episodes a year. Right. Uh, and then the last one we have is Henry Lubati, who is the master chef at the restaurant where Elise works. And he's been in a million things. Yes. Um, he was on 24, True Blood, NCIS, The Blacklist, like lots of big name ones. No big roles in those, but yeah. just bigger shows. Um, he's kind of one of those, like, I've been in one episode of everything. Yeah, exactly. All the CSIs, he's all very the much like, a monk and little weird stuff. Big character actor, I guess is mm-hmm. what you'd normally call him. Um, the two I recognize him from, uh, he is the Reaper who takes Bobby Singer in Supernatural. Um and he also uh, reunited a few years after this episode with Jennifer Morrison. <laughs> Jennifer Morrison on Once Upon a Time. He nice. plays Lumiere on that okay, one. So cool. interesting. But that's actually with the same accent. Yeah, pretty much. That's he does a good one. It. I don't even. It might be his real accent. No, he's from Washington. Okay, Washington. I did not say that. I did. Washington. <laughs> Washington. I'm just washing my car. Washing my car. Okay. Um, that's essentially that. it. The, the only other role that we really see is, um, I didn't even write his name down. There's like one other person wow. in the kitchen who has a line, but, um. Oh, yeah. The, yeah, yeah it's in French, but yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I didn't even bother, but that's it. Not a long list. That's weird. Yeah. So I'm just going to point out what is so weird about this. Um, he, or they make the diagnosis 17 minutes in. Which is very strange, right? Usually they come up with it um, in like 10 minutes. But also, like, what they think she has right off the bat is what it is. Like, Chase, I wrote that in I mean, Chase like, suggests it pretty early on yeah. and they immediately dismiss it. But, because it's it's just unheard of. Yeah. But that makes it very strange. And even at the, towards the end, when we, spoiler alert, um, you know, he says, it took us this long to diagnose somebody that's sleeping 18 hours a day with sleeping sickness with 10 doctors looking for yeah. it yeah um, so it's it's odd and I, I wrote down too that um as they go through this like we don't see it too often where they get it right in the beginning we, we've seen it before and i know we see it again but normally they try a lot of different things yeah, they, this one they only try one they tend to go down the paths of <laughs> the least resistance hole? 
get it because uh, they were going to eh. Yeah, they go down the, the paths that make the most sense, and then when they hit it dead end, then they go back to the start, and they're like, okay, well, that didn't right. work. Now we'll go for some of these that don't make a lot of sense. Yeah. And in this case, that's exactly yeah. what happens. They go with a lot of stuff that makes sense. They don't get anywhere with it, so they return to the start, and they're like, okay, well, now we've got some bad ones. But, but it, it was... It was what it was. It was what it was. And it is what it is. All right. Tell me what's going on. Okay. So we open up on friends, Adam and Ed, jogging together, and they are discussing their marital issues. They won't be friends after this episode. No, definitely not. (laughs) Um, Adam says that he's been doing marital counseling with his wife, and it hasn't been working that, um, in his mind, she's never going to be happy, so why not use that money for, he says... uh, um, put it towards like the Lakeview club or something. I assume maybe it's like a country club or uh, with as much running as they're doing, maybe it's supposed to be like a a fancy gym membership or training club or something. Something that they can go spend time at and have fun with instead of trying to better their marriage because he thinks that's pointless. Yeah. He even, um, Ed even points out, he's like, so I guess the obvious option hasn't presented itself yet, uh, which would be divorce. Um, but Ed, uh, is asked by Adam how his marriage is doing and um, he's kind of dodging it. Like he, he's not exactly saying, I don't want to talk about it or whatever, but he's just like, Oh, it's fine. We have our problems, but we get over them. It's yep. fine. Um, but it's he working. does. Yeah. He does mention that he didn't get a lot of sleep the night before, which I'll bring that up later. But um, yeah, he just implies that things haven't been great, but he doesn't want to talk about it either. So he ends up going home. He also, oh, good. I, I'm going to go ahead and point out that Adam asks Ed if they're having sex. Yeah. Which, he at the end, kind of when you find stuff out, is really weird. Yeah. That he's prying into their sex life. Yeah. And Ed doesn't really answer him. He implies that they did, but we know he didn't because she's... <laughs> yeah, because he gets home. Practically and, comatose. Uh, we find out that Elise uh, is sleeping in bed, and apparently she's been there for the last three days. Like yeah. She's been there a really long time. Um, he tries to rouse her, get her up out of bed, and uh, she eventually reacts violently to him. She hits him and then says, wow, I think something's wrong with me. Um, so there we go. Now we jump to the hospital. Um, so uh, we see Cameron trying to convince House to take Elise's case. Um, again, she's been sleeping 18 hours a day since her admission. Same. Which is a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Same. So House attributes it to clinical depression. Which, Same. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, pretty much. Um, she's been to several different doctors um, who have run tests. They've run labs and done imaging and stuff and they haven't been able to figure out what's wrong um house isn't super interested in it but uh he asks cameron what's the first thing a doctor asks when he's being referred a patient and she says oh what's the primary primary diagnosis and he's like no why why are you referring this patient to me he's curious why cameron specifically wants him to take this case which we don't really find out yeah um I think we kind of know why she wants him to take the case because she, this is really personal. She projects a lot in this particular case and in terms of her own background and personal life. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I feel like that comes more once they find out what the problem is and where it's coming from. Yeah. But I guess, yeah, she sees a a young couple seemingly very, very in love and a worried husband who, yeah. 
That makes sense. Um, so he specifically takes the case, not because he finds it interesting, but he finds Cameron's interest in it interesting. So we jump into the differential diagnosis. Um, there are a bunch written on the board that they don't say out loud, and I miss the one on the bottom because they never show the board entirely. Yeah. Um, but he wrote down personality changes, asthenia, fever, leukocytosis, and hypersomnia. So let's start with hypersomnia. Because really, I... Okay, so symptoms we're going to see throughout the episode, period, are sleeping, fever, itch, hallucinations, coma, seizure, irritability, neck pain, short-term memory loss. So we're, we're going to have a lot going on here. So yeah. let's just kind of tackle a couple. So hypersomnia is the opposite of insomnia, right? So insomnia, you can't sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, hypersomnia, that's pretty much all you can do. Um, it's excessive sleepiness. And this could be like from an underlying disease, which it is in this case, but it could also be from, you know, crazy jet lag or eating a huge meal and then like you cannot keep your eyes open, mm-hmm. right? That's an example of hypersomnia. Obviously, there's varying levels from this um, alcohol, use of marijuana, um, whatever's going on with our yeah. roommate. <laughs> <laughs> Slight narcolepsy. Um, yeah, so that's hypersomnia. Fever, I wanted to touch on. Um, So technically, a fever is, for an adult, is anything over 100.4 degrees. Um, Technically, it's 98.6 and up, right? But it's not considered, like, something to really even register unless you're at 100.4. I'm not talking about COVID. Don't. Don't do it. Um, Anyways, when you have a fever, your body produces extra white blood cells, right? Mm -hmm. Because it's trying to fight off an infection. And that's going to affect your hypothalamus, which controls your temperature. And that's going to make your body heat up. Make sense? Yeah. Cool. So that's kind of where we're at. Okay. Well, that makes sense. (laughs) Um, So uh, Foreman, just like House said, thinks it's depression. Um, But they point out, well, depression doesn't show with a fever so he's like okay fine well she's depressed and she's also sick with something a cold whatever um cameron points out that she has an elevated sed rate which points to inflammation and so foreman thinks okay well something's wrong with her brain which house kind of makes fun of him for he says wow mental symptoms having something to do with the brain that's that's real you're breaking new ground there buddy right um so Cameron immediately rules out vasculitis. Uh, Chase suggests parasites, like maybe malaria or Chagas. Hey, guess what? It's a parasite. It is Go a parasite, on. but it's not those. No. Um, but Elise has never been outside the U.S., so uh, Chase is like, okay, well, maybe she's lying about that, which, you know, if everyone lies, he's just going right. off of House's M.O. of, okay, well, she might be lying about something. Yeah. Um, Cameron says that doesn't matter because uh, her smears show no indication of parasites. Um, House suggests a tumor, but Foreman uh, thinks it's unlikely that so many doctors who have done all of these imaging tests tests would miss a tumor. And he says, well, it could be a small tumor and maybe they were doing... Specifically on the brainstem is where they're... Mm -hmm. Yeah. He says maybe they just did too wide of imaging, so... He asks uh, them to run a new MRI with two millimeter cuts through the mesodiencephalic. I, I don't know where the emphasis on that should be. <laughs> mesodiencephalic. 
That's sure. how I say it. We'll go with that. Mesodiencephalic. So let's go over all that fun stuff. So let's just start there. Um, this is just a zone in your brain. That's auto zone. Putting it very, very lightly, but okay. that's that's how we're gonna put it because you could deep dive into that. All right. So they're basically gonna look again and see. Um, it helps with like voluntary movements and then also regulation of emotions. That that area and the neurons there. So. They're going to look again. personality changes. Exactly. They're going to look again, see if they missed anything. Um, The elevated SED rate, so this would indicate inflammation. Um, It's erythrocyte sedimentation rate. Sedimentation rate. I can talk, I promise. Um, So when you do, like, this test when you're looking at that rate, you're looking for inflammation. And this is the rate at which red blood cells in whole blood descend. So, like, if you have a vial of blood, you're looking at how long it takes for that sediment, right, the red blood cells, Settle on to the fall to the bottom, right? Um, the more cells that fall in one hour, the higher the sed rate. And so that the shows blood cells inflammation. are dense enough to be mm-hmm. falling through yes. the plasma, yep. which is a problem. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fancy. Pretty simple. Okay. Um, do you have anything else there for now? We're good? Uh, not till we get to, like, seizures and stuff. Okay. Um, and then I assume his whole two-millimeter cuts and all that is, again, they're That's looking at about a very, the imaging. very specific right. spot. They're looking very narrowly to yes. see anything. To so. see if there's, like, a little bitty tumor Legion that's sitting tumor in there. Right. Yeah. Okay. Hey, Broccoli. Okay. So uh, House ends up seeing a clinic, clinic patient, Samantha, who is suffering from shortness of breath which she describes as more of like a tightness in her chest. Um, he asks her about all the risk factors involved with it. Do you smoke? Have you changed your diet? Have you changed your exercise routine? Um, pretty much any of that stuff. Um, he wants to know, uh, you know, maybe she might be anemic is, is what he goes with. Um, so he decides he's going to do an EKG on her. Uh, but when she pulls down her robe to allow him to do it, he notices that she has very large breasts, um, which she says she got for her husband's 40th birthday as a gift to him. Uh, she says she thinks he would have liked them more than a sweater. So sweater puppies, sweater puppies. (laughs) Exactly. Um, so in that case, he's like, okay, well they're not natural. Then maybe that's the reason you've been getting shortness of breath. Uh, they've been pressing on your lungs or mm-hmm. something. Um, but he decides to do some tests anyways. Uh, it's more so implied that he isn't doing them because she needs them. He's doing them to keep her around so he can ogle. It's kind of creepy. And I feel like you could get I have a sued. lot of problems with this whole scene, Yeah, actually. With him pulling Wilson in and Cuddy allowing him to like let those tests be run for no reason. And... It, it's yeah, gross. Yeah, and they, they play it off with her like it's this funny thing, and she doesn't mind his questions and stuff, but I feel like most people would possibly be insulted by his reactions and the things he says to I mean, her. like, yeah, I would by his reactions also, but, like, him pulling in someone else, because there's obviously nothing physically wrong with her as far as, like, outwardly, right? Yeah. There's nothing wrong with the breast implants. It's not like, oh, there's this giant lump or like there's you know, something. something. Right. Yeah. So there's obviously no reason for somebody else to come in and look at it. Um, it's I don't like this scene. Yeah. It's gross. It, it's a very boys will be boys 
type of thing, and I ain't about it. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. So we jump to Foreman and Cameron um, discussing the possibility of Elise having a tumor with her and Ed. Um, Ed wonders why they didn't see it before when they did all of these images, but Cameron says... um, like we suggested, a broad view MRI could miss a small tumor or lesion, so they're looking in a more narrow view to try and find something. Um, Ed says, well, if it's small, then that means we could just remove it, right? Um, Foreman points out that while size is kind of a factor in being able to remove a tumor, there's a lot of other factors that can be involved um, when getting one out, which I guess makes sense. It's even if it's small, if it's on a very sensitive part of your body, then removing them could cause problems. So he yeah. basically size, says... Size does matter. Um, yeah. But location Matters also very much. Matters, yeah. So he says there's a bunch of different things we could do to treat a tumor that don't involve surgery. Um, so we see House and Wilson discussing the clinic patient's uh, reasons for her augmentation. Um, House suggests that though she said she did it for her husband, that she really did it for herself. Um, and he thinks that she wants to appear more attractive to people other than her husband, I guess. I I feel like she was just, like he was implying she just wants to look more attractive to other people. Husband included, but just in general. In general, not just her husband. Right. But Um, it's not necessarily for their enjoyment. It's for her to feel better about about their perception. Yeah. and he points out that Wilson's kind of doing the same thing. He notices that Wilson is wearing a different tie than he usually does. Apparently, he wears the same five ties each day for the past several months, but today he's wearing a different one. Um, Wilson says that his wife, Julie, bought it for him, but Wilson calls out his lie. House calls the, out his lie. Or, sorry, yeah. House calls out Wilson's lie, the first lie, because um, he says, no, Julie hates that color, so she wouldn't have bought you that tie. You're trying to look nice for someone here at the hospital. And he sort of teases Wilson about having a girlfriend. Um, Cuddy cuts in and is like, why does it take two department heads to diagnose shortness of breath? You you guys are being gross. Um, but she lets it go. Yeah. Maybe. And allows him to order these damn tests. Who's paying yeah. for these tests? I said, too, yeah, like the fact that she believes wholeheartedly not only are these tests unnecessary, because she's let House order tests that are unnecessary before, but... For his primary patient who has a lot of problems. Right. This is just a clinic yeah. patient. Yeah. she's She knows that they're just keeping this clinic patient around to, again, ogle, which gross, but also you're really going to make her pay I mean, out like, that much money for it. I don't know. I guess an EKG was justified at least a little bit. She is having shortness of breath. Like, she is there for a problem. The breast implants could be the problem. Yeah. So, I mean, it it's kind of justified, but... It and he seems says the anemia like, too thing. Well, and it thing seems well. like he wasn't going to order any tests, yeah. and then he got caught, and so he did. Yeah, he decided to. Again, it's just gross. Um, so we uh, move on to after the MRI has been done on Elise. Um, Foreman says they didn't find any lesions, so no tumor there, I guess, um, or at least no visible tumor. Uh, Ed wonders why it's taking so long to diagnose Elise. Um, Because my son types time, asshole. Yeah, it does. And Elise says she's not feeling well, and then she starts to have a seizure. Um, And we see Foreman turn her on her side, open her mouth up, and get suction so she doesn't choke. And Cameron orders uh, an Ativan shot. Mm -hmm. Which, here we go again. These seizure moments, why do they always (laughs) always have to do, are they okay? What's happening? Uh, Every time. 
my least favorite trope ever. Because, like, they're always obvious seizures and every what what's going on what's happening to her is she okay does she look okay bro people don't do this also back up yeah he's like on top of her and they're like yeah. we need you to move because we gotta we gotta take care of this so um just really quickly a seizure we've talked about in other episodes but it's an increase in electrical activity in the brain mm-hmm. where your body can't handle it anymore um and then ativan also known as lorazepam um it's a sedative and it can be used for lots of things like anxiety, insomnia, seizure disorders. Um, it's also generally what they'll give you like before surgery, like mm-hmm. before LASIK. I don't remember if they gave you anything. They before I had LASIK, they gave me one to take like a half hour before. I think surgery. they did because um, you're awake, but they want you to be chill. Yeah, they want they want you to not move. Right. I, I remember they gave me stuff to numb my eyes, but I think they gave me something before. It was like real, a pill or something. Yeah, yeah. It, it was real quick. It yeah. wore off really fast. Yeah. But um. So obviously there's different dosages. It could be a pill. It could be a shot. It could be, there's, there's all sorts of stuff going on there, but that's, that's what Ativan is. It's a sedative. Okay. Which, yeah. So House in a second, he's like, you gave a sedative to a patient that's already sleeping 18 hours a day. Yeah. Like, yeah. (laughs) Okay. So, um, Elise shows after the seizure that, uh, she seems to be having tremors in her hands Mm -hmm. and they're having her draw simple shapes, which she's not able to do. They show shapes drawn correctly. I don't know if that was supposed to be a before or maybe a demonstration of what they wanted her to do. So basically they want her to look at that and then copy it. Um, so you're kind of looking at like motor function, perception, just a little bit of everything. After seizures, you can have a lot of side effects. Um, and assuming she doesn't have seizures regularly there's no baseline of like oh this is how i feel after a seizure and this is what it affects for a little while so yeah yeah they're kind of testing that out okay um so wilson uh says as he's looking at their uh at her mri images um that famous line it's not a tumor (laughs) i Every time we watch this episode, I, I just scream out that part. It made me so happy. Um, so Foreman thinks maybe they should do a PET scan, but House thinks that would be a waste of time. Um, Chase suggests maybe she has post-ictal disorientation, but Cameron believes that it would have shown some improvement by now. Yeah, so that is what I was talking about with after mm-hmm. a seizure. Um, that's just the fancy term for it. So those are your kind of your lingering side effects from it um so that's why Cameron's saying you know that that would already be getting better they don't passage of time is relative with the show obviously but um obviously they aren't seeing improvement yeah they they imply that at this point there's been enough time that if that it should be getting better Yeah. yeah okay um so Chase throws out late stage Lyme disease as a possible diagnosis um here we are back with some some ticks and parasites and yep. stuff. He keeps on, he's on the parasite train and he's on the the right track. <laughs> Trains. Uh-huh. <laughs> Broccoli, <laughs> damn it. Um, but that usually presents with a rash, which for how much Ed has been around uh, Elise, they believe that Ed would have noticed it which by now. Like, I, <laughs> okay, go check her. What? Yeah. You gonna go double? You know, ask them. Are maybe you gonna they depend just... on your patients? Uh, well, like maybe they spouse? just didn't mention it, or she's been in bed for three days. Do you really think she's been getting up and showering and stuff? Do you really a, like, especially because she's been in bed sleeping? Has she been getting? They have marital problems. She's probably not like fully naked in front of him every night 
getting down and dirty doing a full 360 strip tease. Like, I, it really bothered me that they were like, oh, he would have noticed. Your triple sow cow on your face. Yeah. Is that a sex thing? Uh, no, that's a <laughs> uh, ice skating thing. Okay. Um, Broccoli chew. So, uh, Wilson suggests it might be breast cancer, or he says uh, it could be a paro- perineoplastic mm-hmm. syndrome. Um, which is plausible because her mother died from breast cancer. At the same age, or was diagnosed around, around the same, same age, right? Yeah. So perineoplastic syndrome, it's actually a group of rare disorders. Um, they are, so your body's going to have like a, a weird immune response to a cancerous tumor, which is a neoplasm. And yeah, like your immune system is going to get triggered um, or the, sorry, the perineoplastic syndrome is going to get triggered by that response. Um, so like your white blood cells, you know, they're supposed to attack the bad things, but that doesn't always happen. So they can actually start attacking your normal cells in your nervous system. And that's what happens here. So symptoms that we would see here are difficulty in walking, um, speech problems swallowing problems uh fine like coordination Motor stuff yeah kind of stuff. Okay. um memory loss vision issues sleep disturbances seizures so stuff that we're seeing yeah right so this isn't like i i like to think of wilson as normally being pretty he thinks things through he's not just gonna be like oh perineoplastic and yeah. none of it matches like this is it could be it could be a thing okay okay wilson um, so Cameron ends up going to Ed to explain, um, that brain and breast tissue are similar. And like you said, in perineoplastic syndrome, the body gets confused and the antibodies start attacking brain tissue rather than breast tumor tissue. Right. So, um, they, uh, what they want to do is if they can figure that out and they can find, um, a small tumor, they think there might be a tumor in her breast. If they remove that, there's nothing for the body to be confused about, so it'll stop attacking her brain. Right. It's going to stop going into overdrive and telling it to attack things. Exactly. So they decide, okay, we're going to do some imaging on her breasts just to find something. Um, mammogram. Mammogram. Uh, Wilson is fairly convinced that it is cancer, uh, even though they find no tumors. Well, he's a cancer doctor. Yeah, so. exactly. Um, you're going to see what you want to see. And you're going to go with what you know. Um, He thinks that even though they didn't find a tumor in the PET scan, that occasionally, uh, in 12% of cases, um, no tumor is actually present when the syndrome occurs. I didn't actually look into that. Um, I meant to, and I I just got caught up in what it actually is. Mm -hmm. Um, But I want want to look into that sometime and see if that stat's correct. Because sometimes they'll pad their numbers a little bit for the show. Yeah. But that's really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Per usual, House doesn't like the answer because he's like... It's boring. It's boring. Um, That is kind of rare. And in those 12% of cases, as he points out, there's no treatment options. Um, If you can't find a tumor, you can't remove a tumor. If you can't remove a tumor, you can't convince the body to stop attacking the wrong thing. And on top of that, he says they spend so much time looking for the tumor that the body just destroys itself. So he says, I don't like it. Let's go for something else, which I do and I don't get it. Like, House isn't the type to accept that there's literally nothing they can do. But at the same time, sometimes that happens. You know, yeah. it it could have been perineoplastic 
And if he couldn't do anything about it, then he couldn't do anything about right. it. So, but he doesn't accept he, that. He can't accept <laughs> that. Um, so they start looking for other things. Um, he says if we can't treat the illness, we can treat the symptoms. So he uh, wants to start her on IV immunoglobulin. Mm-hmm. Um, Foreman worries about ignoring a tumor, a possible tumor that they can't find. But House says, well, if we ignore it, it might grow. And if it grows, it'll, it'll be easier itself, to find. Yeah. Um, he also wants someone to check Elise's workplace because if it's not perineoplastic, um, it could be a reaction to a toxin. And since Ed isn't sick, it's more likely that it's at her work. Right. So, Which makes sense. Yeah. Um, do you have anything about that treatment? Uh, IV immunoglobulin is IVIG is what's abbreviated as. IV Instagram. Yes. Um, so if you have like autoimmune or infection type of stuff going on, it can it can treat a lot of different ones of those. Um, I will point out that it is expensive. I didn't go into a breakdown of expenses on that, but it ain't cheap. Um, basically what it does is it's going to give your body, your body extra antibodies that either it can't make on its own because it's really weak or, um, say, you know, it's something that your body hasn't seen before. Mm -hmm. So you, it doesn't know how to defend itself against that. So you can get IVIG and it'll kind of help you defend against that. Okay. Got it. Interesting. Uh, so Foreman, um, wonders why house has been riding him so hard um but house kind of dodges that question um and that kind of comes up again with foreman a bit later uh at her workplace um where she works as a uh rotisseur a rotisserie chef um he questions the head chef uh who tells us that elise has been working there for three years and um, the rotisserie prepares roasted meats and gravies. Mm-hmm. Fun. Um, he says they don't use chemicals when they clean their cooking equipment, and they don't use pesticides either, um, or I guess harsh chemicals, because mm-hmm. he does say later, I've been using the same soap for 15 and years. they have a separate cleaning crew, so I'm going to guess that kitchen gets pretty damn clean. Yeah. Because it's not tired cooks at the end of the night doing it. Yeah, he, he says... It uh, might be dishwashers, I suppose. But Yeah, that's true. Um, he says, I haven't changed my sanitizing practices in 15 years. I haven't had anyone get sick. Yeah. Elise is We're all here the f- all the time. And- yeah. Elise is literally the first. So um, whatever's happening to her isn't coming from here. But um, while he's there, uh, Foreman notices roasted rabbit in mm-hmm. the kitchen. Um, also point out that uh, the head chef um, mentions that he had to hire a new rotisseur. Mm-hmm. Uh, because she's been out too long, which, as you pointed out, this is the first time we've seen someone lose their job. Yeah, like consequences of them being in the hospital. Yeah, and that kind of, that's nice because, I mean, we, we really haven't, and I don't know how often we actually see the consequences of long-term illness in terms of people's jobs or income, finances, any of that kind of stuff. Right. So that's uh, that's kind of nice. Yeah. It, it's sort of gets rid of this whole at the end of things everything's rosy and wonderful she doesn't have a job anymore 
Um, also, I don't remember how does um, Foreman identify that they have roast rabbit. He sees roast rabbit like it's it's been roasted and all of that, but the the shape of it, I guess you've okay. seen it before. But he sees some on a cutting board okay. that's been roasted. I cannot remember, and I was like, did he just like see a slab? And he was like, oh, that's rabbit. It's like, all right, Foreman. Yeah. <laughs> what are you I, doing in your spare time? I guess it being small enough, maybe I don't know if he's ever ever eaten rabbit before. I haven't, but it's not bad. Just looking at it on a slab, you might guess, well, that's mm, not a pig. Yeah. <laughs> it's slim. I have skinned a rabbit. I've never, just never eaten a rabbit. Fun Content facts. warning. <laughs> um, so Cameron uh, talks to Elise about marriage in general and is asking her how she met Ed. Um, Ugh, Ed seems great. Yeah, wonderful. Uh, he's not even the one that cheated, actually. Uh, <laughs> Spoiler alert. She, she mentions that she met him in college um, and that she had to pursue him and that he's never been good at conflict resolution. Um, apparently, she met him in college because they were having some kind of house party. Uh, Ed ended up in the bathroom throwing up a lot and he cleaned it up with her towels. And then rather than telling her about it, he just threw him out the window because he figured she... Because he wouldn't, was drunk. Yeah, and she wouldn't <laughs> notice the vomit on the towels if she had none. So apparently he's really bad with conflict. Um, while she's telling her this, um, she complains about her neck it hurting, and then she says that her arm itches. Also, I'm sorry, she complains about her neck hurting, right? And Cameron's like, oh, well, you've been in this bed a long time. No, it's definitely a symptom. Yeah. Something the joint pain and stuff is... To wonder about. Yeah. Um, and then her arm starts itching and then she hallucinates spiders bursting from her forearm and she panics and they have to come around with Haldol appropriate. That's good. They did it this time. Did they give her Haldol? Yeah. They call, they call for Haldol oh, in this I one. I don't even like her. I mean, well, we've already talked about it. So. She's shrieking so much and you also didn't watch this scene. I can't, I, <laughs> I cannot watch this scene. It, cause she's scratching at her arm and she's like scratching the skin off and it. Ugh, it cannot also um great movie the perfection mm-hmm. um also has a scene kind of i it's one of my things man i can't do it is it the scratching or is it the bugs it's because we saw it it's in... the self-mutilation okay for me it's the self-mutilation for me because <laughs> <laughs> uh, what was that movie that we saw scary stories to tell in the dark where mm-hmm. she's got the one on her face that's... she doesn't really claw at it though yeah she's that's just, fine she's just i mean it's so gross it. but that's fine Whereas it's it's the them trying to like get into their own. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nope. Don't like talking about it. Gonna stop now. Uh, interesting thing I noticed is while they're talking about her, we see um, some shots in the next scene, and it looks like they're removing restraints from her arms at this point. So they did actually physically yeah. restrain her, yeah. but now they, they're taking them off. So I guess at this point, they still physically restrained. I don't know how many hospitals still right. do that. Yeah, I don't know. We talked about that. Was that last episode? Yeah. Yeah. Because um, they, they could have physically restrained her, and they didn't. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I, who knows? Whatever. Anyways. Continuity. Like you said, House wonders why they'd give a sedative to a patient who's already sleeping 18 hours a day. But Foreman points out they really had no choice this time because she was trying to claw her own skin off. Yeah. Um, Not good. Wilson still thinks it's perineoplastic syndrome, but the onset of hallucinations after she started her treatment Mm -hmm. doesn't make sense for that. Um, House suggests maybe it is bugs under the skin. 
uh, since... Guess what? We're back to parasites. Yep. Um, he doesn't land on parasites first, though. Uh, he says after um, immunotherapy, it could, could cause a worsening of symptoms if there's some kind of infection. Right. Um, Foreman says the timeliness and blood cultures rule out most bacterias, and her symptoms rule out the other bacterias. Um, her serology rules out viruses, and her CSF smears rule out parasites. Yes. So um, serology is just looking at the blood serum. Um, and you're especially looking at like their immune responses. Mm-hmm. And then CSF is cerebrospinal fluid. Um, yeah. Which like I could talk forever about what this actually is. Like the, the problem this actually is that we're going to get into. But I'm not going to. We're going to get into it right now. Well, I know, but not with, like, how you find out about it and stuff. I'm not, because that's kind of, because she didn't get it from, she got it transferred to her. So her case is different. Exactly. Okay. Um, So at this point, House suggests African trypanosomiasis. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, because at, in the late stages, the parasites would mostly be in her brain anyways, and they wouldn't show up on a CSF smear. Um, Foreman points out the obvious, you can't get it if you haven't been to Africa. But Wilson says an infusion could have caused it, which, (laughs) it's so funny. House, uh, House at this point is like, yeah, that's, that's what I meant, of course. A transfusion could have given it to her. (laughs) And Cameron's like, well, she's never had one. And he's like, (laughs) <laughs> he just seems so pouty at yeah. this point. Um, Foreman also uh, throws out maybe it's tularemia from inhalation. Tularemia, as he describes it, is rabbit fever. Mm-hmm. And he says, since she works with rabbit, chopping a rabbit up with a cleaver could easily aerosolize bacteria. Um, he says this because uh, tularemia would normally present with a rash, but she didn't have one. Well, he says, well, you wouldn't have a rash if you inhaled it. Um, but Cameron points out that it would have presented with respiratory symptoms. Foreman thinks maybe they just ignored it and house calls him out on that. And he's like, well, we ruled out Lyme disease because they wouldn't have ignored a rash, but you're saying they would have ignored a wet hacking cough. Um, he says both houses, both are really bizarre and unlikely, but they're the best they have at the moment so he wants them to start testing for tularemia and he also at this point says this is why he rides foreman so hard so it makes him better yes so tularemia also known as rabbit fever um less than two percent of cases of this are fatal um that doesn't mean that it's not something to be aware of i guess but it's not crazy fatal like african sleeping sickness yeah uh it can actually be asymptomatic or you could die that's, you know, or in between. Um, if you're one of the in between, you're probably going to have some flu-like symptoms. Uh, it depends on how you were infected, right? So you could get it by eating it. You could get it from like the poop. You could get it from inhalation, like we're talking about. So if it was inhalation, then you're going to get an infection in your lungs, and then like a collection of fluid around the lungs, and then maybe some abscesses going on in your lungs. Mm. And these are known as uh, mnemonic tularemia because yeah like pneumonia yeah got okay. your lung stuff going on so that's what we would be seeing with her like testing and stuff we would be seeing a lot of lung stuff if this was the case do domestic 
rabbits carry tularemia? Sure. Or is it more of a... That's interesting. That wouldn't be good. No. Just get a pet bun bun and it kills you in your sleep. Yeah. There's also... um, So when it comes to eating rabbit, I don't remember which way this goes. I think it's safe to eat in months with an R because it's going to either be... It's going to be cold enough... That the parasites can't live to in their be bodies. Killed, right? Yeah. Or is it, yeah. Is it that way? Or, it's either that way or the I, opposite. I do think it's supposed to be September through March. Yeah. Or April. April. At the latest. Yeah. yeah that so sounds I, right to me. I think that's right. So you're not supposed to eat them, um, like if you're hunting rabbit to eat. You shouldn't do that in the summer um, because... If you know them. about eating rabbits, let us know, please. Get them. <laughs> My dad does. I, he's the one that taught me that, so I'll ask him sometime. We'll have him on as a guest. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> Never. Sorry, Dad. Um, so while they're testing for uh, tularemia, um, Cameron points out that a confirmation would need to see a fourfold increase in serum antibody levels, but they don't have a before number for her, so they wouldn't be able to judge her after. Uh, but Chase suggests that uh, an increase by that, he says a tighter over 160 um, would be a good clue that she had yeah. jumped that high. So... Again, just going to briefly touch on this. So when you're looking at serum antibody levels, you're looking at five aminoglobulins. And without knowing, so there's five. Uh, the the basic tests are going to look at the three main ones. And then there's different levels and numbers for like each of those. Mm-hmm. So they never talk about which one they're looking at specifically or anything. She's right. Like obviously you want to have a before and after to look at. But him saying a tighter level over one six, I I don't really know what he I'm an idiot. I don't know exactly what that means. I think what he's suggesting is I mean, that much of an increase would be Right, right. I mean that makes notice. sense. Just yeah. the number that he pulled out that of a hat there didn't yeah. make much sense to me, but that's because I don't know what I'm talking about. Not medical professional. Yeah. So. I tell you every week. Every week. Once again. How many times? Okay. So, uh, Foreman is not a part of this conversation because he is still continuing uh, to wonder why House rides him so much. And he specifically says, that's that's why I ride you. What does he mean? Is he suggesting that all of my good ideas come from him or because of him? Um and he says, okay, well, why doesn't he ride uh, Chase or Cameron like that? But Chase thinks he actually does. Um, I wouldn't say that. I, I definitely think House rides Foreman more than the other two. Definitely rides Foreman harder and also in a different way. A more like he kinda, confrontational. Yeah, he rides Cameron emotionally. Yeah. He, that's a weird sentence. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you mean, but But yeah, it's, it's in different ways. Yeah. Hmm. He needs to just think about that on his own time, not when somebody's dying. Yeah, we're working here. I'm just, I'm totally kidding, by the way. Like, it, they're at work 24-7, and they can reflect on whatever they want. Yeah, you gotta you gotta get your mind off things. And it's not like they're not working at this point. He's yeah, still right. doing the testing and all of that. Um, Cameron says that uh, they should just start treatment for one or both right now, because if, if it's going right. to take this long to House. test, and... I mean, they've kind of done that before. I know, but not with this shit will kill you. Chase points out that treatment for tularemia can cause uh, aplastic anemia. Mm -hmm. And the treatment for African sleeping sickness literally kills one in ten patients. 
Um, so it would be a bad idea to start them on either treatment without somewhat of a definitive Try. diagnosis. Yeah. Like, at least get close. Right. Um, do you have anything on aplastic anemia? I, I'm really oh, I wasn't sure going to get is. into that. Okay. Sorry. Maybe another time. I. That's the thing, is a lot of the stuff that we're not going into and touching on, we will have episodes about them later. Some, yeah. We'll touch on Trying it. to just focus on... African the, sleeping sickness, because that's what it's going to be. <laughs> uh, we next jump to House, uh, talking with Wilson again about his latest fashion choices and how he's <laughs> uh, so dressed up. And um, he is absolutely convinced at this point that he's dressing up for someone at the hospital. Um, Wilson, uh, rather than outright denying it, now just denies it being romantic and says that one of his uh, oncology nurses is new and she's been having a hard time um, emotionally with the work they do. So he had lunch with her the other day. Um, at this point, Cuddy shows up with Samantha, the clinic patient's test results. And House notices something interesting on her EKG. Something he didn't notice before because he was too busy being a creep. Looking at them boobies. Yes. Uh, so House... Mega Mommy Milky Bonkers. Um, I didn't even get it out so for some reason this is obviously at least a couple days later but Samantha's down in the clinic right now Yeah, I don't know if they called her because they got her results back that doesn't like they wouldn't set an appointment for that yeah they just normally again I don't know maybe they do stuff different there but like if all your test results are normal either you're not going to get a call or you're going to get a call saying hey everything's good The only time they're going to call you back in is if something's not good. Yeah. Which at this point, they thought everything was normal. Yeah, they said, well, she's fine, so you didn't have to bring her back in. Um, But House does notice something, and luckily, she's there. So, (laughs) um, House goes to Samantha and tells her that her heart rate is actually um, a bit decreased. And first he asks, like he usually does, assuming someone's lying, Um, If she was lying about a change in her diet or her exercise, um, which she denies. And then... Diet? Diet? Exercise? What? Husband? Yeah, she keeps on repeating. So he's like, listen, if you're going to repeat everything I say, this is going to take twice as long. (laughs) Um, So then he asks her if her husband has high blood pressure. um, And she says, yeah, he got diagnosed about six months ago. And he suggests that her husband has been mixing his blood pressure medication into her oatmeal every morning in order to kill her sex drive. Um, Because that's what one of the side effects of the medication does. And the husband's sex drive has been down. So um, he suggests that, I guess, the husband, because his is down, he doesn't want to have sex with his wife. He doesn't want her to feel bad about that so by getting her sex drive down he's like okay well now if they're neither, both yeah if neither of them want to have sex then no harm no foul no you could also hurt. go to a more dark side with that and it'd be like i don't want her to go cheat on me that's because now I've... my wife is gorgeous yeah. and has also these boobs She's yeah gorgeous i thought, without I thought but... that that was probably part of it at first um that's really what i stuck on and then some of the stuff house said i was like okay so i guess he's suggesting Maybe the husband just doesn't want her to have a sex drive, so he doesn't feel bad about them not having right. sex. Um, so she wonders what uh, she should do about it. Make and, your own damn breakfast. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he says, first of all, make your own breakfast. And he also is about to suggest to her that she gets her sex drive taken care of. Um, by cheating on her husband. By cheating on her husband. Great yeah. house. 
uh, which gives him an idea. Uh, I very much, I mean, could you get sued for that? Suggesting that someone cheat on their husband? Mm, you'd have to be able to prove he said it. Yeah, I guess that's true. But Again, know. house being creepy, giving bad advice uh, just, as a doctor. Um, so with this uh, brilliant eureka moment that house has, he approaches the team who's still testing for tularemia and he suggests that African sleeping sickness can be transmitted through sex. If it can be transmitted via blood, then sex can do it. Um, but since her husband isn't showing any symptoms, House suggests that one of them probably cheated on the other. I don't know why he assumes the husband would have cheated if he doesn't have any symptoms. That's a good... Like, because they, they question both of them, but if she's the only one that has it, then why does he assume that the husband might have been the one I that cheated? I did not think about that. It's just, it's, it's odd. That is really, I, yeah, okay. Like, it, it seems like it should be obvious to them. Yeah. But, um, Cameron doesn't buy it because, uh, she they're says, so in love. they're so in love. They're so devoted to each other. Um, but Chase says that that could just be an overcompensation for a guilty conscience. Yep. Um, Cameron once again demonstrates she is not able to ask tough questions or suggest tough things because she doesn't want to go talk to him she's like do you want me to ask a man whose wife is dying if he's had an affair um and house is like you know what never mind chase and foreman you go do it um cameron ends up confronting house about it and uh house says that people and i think this is very accurate House says people formulate their questions in a way that will more likely confirm what they want to hear. Yes. Chase and Foreman don't necessarily want to hear anything. They just want the truth. They want Whereas, the truth. Whereas uh, he believes Cameron is more likely to formulate her questions like, you didn't cheat on your wife, did you? Right. Because the answer she wants is no. She wants to believe that they're both I don't know faithful. if I think she would be a really good or a really bad like investigator and interrogator. Yeah. It would depend on if she thought the person was innocent, I guess. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, again, because she wants to hear them say that they've been faithful, she's going to form her questions in a way that will get her the answers she wants. Um, he mentions that he looked into her medical history to figure out what her deal is. Mm -hmm. Like, he said, well, after that whole sick baby thing from a few episodes ago, he thought maybe babies were her thing. But he said, based on her medical history, she's never been pregnant. So that's not it. Um, so he's wondering again, what is it about this case in particular mm -hmm. that is sort of driving her to and just not be... what is it about her? Like yeah. what, yeah, with all these past cases up yeah. till now, what's going on with her that makes her not want to find out what's wrong and not want to give these people this bad news. Yeah, exactly. Um, so Foreman and Chase ask both Ed and Elise and are very clear about it. Um, that they want to know if they've had an affair and that if she does have sleeping sickness, she's, she's going to die from it. Um, they aren't there to judge or anything, but they need to know. Um, but again, they both deny it. And since they uh, have no other ideas, um, house tells the team to start treatment for tularemia, which is IV chlorum, chloramphenicol, yep. IV chloramphenicol, 25 milligrams per kilogram of body weight, four times a day. Mm-hmm. For about 21 days. So, uh. yeah. Um, this is an injection. It's used for super serious infections. 
when other antibiotics can't be used. So because it can cause aplastic anemia, uh, which very briefly is you're not producing enough red blood cells. It causes problems in the bone marrow. And then, because that's where your blood cells are. Yes, exactly. Um, So bone marrow suppression. Um, Also diarrhea. Nobody likes that. You can get some inflammation going on with your intestines. Especially don't want diarrhea if you're sleeping 18 times a day. 18 times. 18 18 hours. 18 times a day. Wake up Um, once every hour and go back to sleep. Also headaches, nausea, and nightmares, which I thought was interesting. That is interesting. Weird symptom. Or side effect, I suppose. Um, so we see Cameron as she's working on Elise's third treatment at four in the morning. That would suck too. Cause I assume you have to give it once every six hours. I would assume so. Um, and that would mean she would get it three times during her normal sleep. I mean, you can sleep through that. I, okay. That'd you already nice. got, you already got lines and stuff going on. Line disease. You, when you were in the hospital, you slept through all your fucking blood draws and injections and. Didn't sleep through him pulling the catheter out. Nope. You did pass out, though, so you kind of slept through it. Uh, I I remember things in the dark. Yeah, sorry. (laughs) Um, So while she's doing this, Elise asks what time it is. And then just moments later asks again, what time is it? Um, So, yeah, she doesn't remember that she's asked that already. Uh, She then becomes unresponsive uh, despite having normal heart rhythm. Her breathing is normal. Um... Her, I guess, blood pressure looks normal, but her pupils are non-reactive. She's not reacting to being shaken, her name, or even pain. So she has just randomly slipped into a coma. Yep. That's not good. Um, Do you want me to talk about comas? Yeah. Yeah, please. Um, Again, going into brief stuff because we could talk about it forever. So this is a state of deep unconsciousness that lasts for a prolonged or indefinite period of time caused by severe injury or illness. <laughs> Okay, so that's the hiccup. (laughs) That's That's the hiccup. hiccup. Um, There's the rub. That's kind of the general definition. So I didn't know this, but there's technically three stages of comas. Um, They call them stages. I would say they're types more. Um, And they all have different criteria. So there's... There's multiple criteria for each one that you have to, like, meet to be considered in that. But I'm just going to give kind of, like, the main... So there's coma, which is what we're seeing here. So complete unresponsiveness um, to, you know, pain, audio, stuff like that. Then there's vegetative state, which actually has intermittent uh, wakefulness. So every now and then you're kind of aroused. Not like that. Is it almost like a... Is it consciousness in like the they can talk sense, you know, or is it more not just like a, your body shifting around kind it's, of thing? It's an awareness. Okay. Um, but not necessarily ability to like talk or move on purpose. So like maybe they're picking up brain waves that show they are reacting to things. Yeah. Um, and also, you know, maybe some fluttering of eyelids going on or twitching of fingers, that kind of stuff. And then there is minimally conscious state, which is where there is some basic command following. Um, like I said, there are tons of other criteria for each of those, but mm-hmm. I just thought that was interesting. That is interesting. Also, um, one of the reasons I don't want to get into this is, you know, lots of people have questions about comas, about whether you can hear, whether you know somebody's there talking to you, whether you can feel anything, stuff like that. Um, and there's lots and lots of studies. There's plenty of people that do come out of comas, and so they can kind of help us with that. But there, it's it's all over the place. There's no just definite, oh, if you're in a coma from this, here's how you react to it. Like, it's all over. So, 
comas are weird. And I imagine being under that long, if your your brain is still working, then I I mean, do coma patients dream? Uh, right. Yeah. Like, what do they see? Some I know people have said when they came out of comas, I saw God or whatever mm-hmm. it was. I saw a white light. Like, or I could hear everything going on. I I know someone that was in a coma for three weeks, I think. Um, and she heard every word of everything that whole time. Um, and she did still sleep, I guess, which is weird. I, it, comas are weird. It's like you look like you're sleeping, but you're just sleeping in your head or it, something. Ooh, talk about uh, worst fear shit. <laughs> locked in syndrome. Mm. I don't know if we ever get into that in house. I feel like there Maybe. has to be, but, um, so house says a patient with tularemia wouldn't slip into a coma after starting treatment. Um, so clearly she doesn't have tularemia. He goes back to sleeping sickness, but Foreman isn't convinced since they still have no explanation on how she got it. Um, House points out the obvious but uncomfortable truth. Someone probably lied, and he doesn't think it was Ed. You should have thought it was Elise in the first place, because again, Ed yeah. obviously doesn't have it. It's so... I don't know if you can be a carrier for it. Bananas to me, not really. Like, being asymptomatic is kind of not a thing. It is so bananas to me that she literally knew she was probably going to die and she still lied. Yeah. I, uh, I, uh, yeah. I, I don't Anyways, know. Uh, I don't like it. House goes in, um, to check Elise for lymphadenopathy. Mm-hmm. It's just, um, your lymph nodes kind of being like inflamed. Swollen. They're, yeah. And they're going to be big. Um, he also does the arm drop thing from Princess Bride, which made me happy. <laughs> Picks did. up her arms and just watch them We do it drop. to the cats all the time. Yeah, it's fun. Um, but really, the reason he's there is to talk to Ed. Um, he tells them the danger of uh, treatment for sleeping sickness. The whole one in ten people die anyways, so they need Ed's consent to treat Elise. Um, Ed wonders why his wife would lie if it could mean that she uh, might die. And House says here he doesn't wonder about the why of lies, but rather just assume everyone does. Um, He says maybe they do it to protect themselves, protect someone they love because they think it's not going to matter in the end, or because it's easier than telling the truth. Um, His suggestion, or his asking Ed to let them treat, is essentially putting Ed in a position to confront the possibility that his wife was unfaithful. Yeah. Yeah. and he has to do that in order to save her, which is a really interesting spot to be in. Mm-hmm. Like, if you want her to live, you have to admit it, that she did something to hurt you or that so did hurt you. You have to assume she cheated and you have to decide how mad you are about it. Yeah. Or you have to completely trust her 100% and think that she didn't and something else is going on. Something But weird. if you admit, yes, she cheated at some point and she now has this, you're playing God. Yeah. And it's it, it's just such an interesting place to, to be in. Like, imagine someone broadsiding you or coming in and picking a fight with you, and then you have to do CPR on them. Like, they did something that hurt you, and now you get to decide whether they live or not. It's it's interesting. Yeah. Uh, I don't him to, envy him. I don't either. Um, so he asks Ed if he trusts his wife that much. Ed says, I don't know. And so House says, I'm going to start the treatment then. Um, still didn't get that written consent. I was about but, to say, he would definitely have to get written yeah, consent. Still got, I still got to get you to sign something. Yeah. But 
So Foreman and Chase start a lease on a treatment of Malarsoprol, which apparently needs special equipment to administer. Comes in this badass, like, radioactive <laughs> case. I want it so bad. It's clear. It looks like it's made of resin. I just, I want it. Um, Chase describes it as basically antifreeze mixed with arsenic. Yes. Um, and it's got to be in like glass tubes. It's got to have or a glass uh, syringe, special tubing, all of mm-hmm. this stuff. Um, he throws out some uh, uh, phrase, or I guess he says, Nietzsche wouldn't have been so glib if he'd been prescribed Malarsoprol, uh, which is reaction to Foreman says, what doesn't kill us make us stronger. Um, that phrase comes from Nietzsche. Mm-hmm. And Chase was basically saying, Nietzsche wouldn't have said that if he had to deal with this treatment. Yep. Um, I, I had to look that it up because I was like, what does that mean? It's poison. Yeah. He says, um, they say she's lucky to be in a coma, which again goes back to maybe she can feel this. Yeah. God, I hope not. Apparently it's because... super, super painful. The like little CGI it's... moment they show, it's literally poison in your veins. It's killing your blood cells yep. and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, tell us All right. some things. I'm going to talk quite a bit. Um, do you want me to start with the treatment or with the disease? Let's go with the disease and then the okay, treatment. Cool. So African sleeping sickness, African trypanosomiasis. Trypanosomiasis. <laughs> um, That's a $5 word. Righty. This is a disease caused by an infection with a parasite. Looky there. We got a parasite. Go chase. So I already mentioned she didn't get this the normal way. Okay, she got this. Um, it was sexually transmitted to her. This is extremely rare. Like, very, very few documented cases of it. And by that, I mean, like, um, maybe two. <laughs> so, that's what, you know, so normally, I was going to get into, like, the life cycle of how this works and how, you know, the CZ fly, like, actually does its thing. But that doesn't happen to her, so we don't care. Um, and I don't want to talk that long. So, the parasite is trypanosoma... Bruce. I'm going to assume it's like Bruce or something. And then there's two types of that. Okay. So there's one in East and South Africa, and then there's one in West and Central Africa. So one of them is Rhodesiense, and that accounts for 2% of cases. The other one is Gambiense, and that accounts for 98% of cases. Okay. Um, but there are cases for each, but obviously one is much more prevalent. So it's transmitted to humans by the CC fly bites, okay? Um, this fly is only in rural Africa, and hence it being African sleeping sickness. Um, when you first get it, like if you got a bite, you're going to get fever, headache, joint pain, itching, which we also see in her, mm-hmm. right? Um, but where the... I was going to talk again a little bit about like onsets, right? Um, because... For one of them, like, you see signs of it in, like, 21 days, and the other one you see signs of it in, like, 200. <laughs> it's Yikes. Yeah, onsets are weird, but she didn't get it the traditional way, so who knows when she actually had sex with him and, like, how long. Okay, if he has it, he doesn't have any symptoms. But, they, again, but yeah, they're like, it's... oh, we need to tell him, right? But if it's the one that, like, maybe it doesn't set in for, like, two or 300 days, Why then maybe he just it? doesn't have symptoms yet, but then she got her symptoms really soon. I can't yeah, tell you like because some weirdness? there's like no cases of this, right? Yeah. So 
really frustrating but really interesting um so later you you have two stages so that's kind of stage one right so stage two you're going to see behavior changes confusion um coordination issues right when it gets into the central nervous system that's where stage two starts so she's definitely in stage two um like I said, extremely rare to transmit it from sex or like blood transfusions or organ transplants because I kind of mentioned that. You can, however, pass it on to your baby. It can cross through the placenta. Hmm. And there has been a case in the U.S. All right. Little horror corner, which the entire treatment for this is also a horror yeah. corner. Um, but in 2001, there was a woman. She was 30, I believe, in the United States. Um, she lived in the U.S. She had sex with a man who was a symptom-free carrier. So I guess it can happen. Okay, but this is like the only asymptomatic person that they get. I don't know. I don't know, man. Maybe he just didn't have symptoms yet. Or maybe there's more asymptomatic carriers than we think. Like, who knows? They could be you out could there. have it. Stop. I don't have it. Um, But no, it's, it's so weird, and I it's might. so hard to track, and it's so... Mm. Um. Anyway, so she had sex with a man who turns out had it and didn't have symptoms at the time um and she had a baby who was 19 months old and when they found out that that's what she had they tested him and he also had it yikes Mm-hmm. which means she had had this for at least what i said he was 19 months old so she'd had it obviously for like up to two years before this but then just started saying stuff's weird man but it's we so don't odd. know if I it mean... took so long because it was sexually transmitted it there's so much yeah maybe well, she yeah, was just so weird because i mean was she asymptomatic or maybe was she, she was just, just in stage one for, for a really, a really long, time long time yeah and didn't know it's um so in 2010 this caused around 9,000 deaths worldwide reported so i'm good yeah Especially all of these as numbers a, are reported and as an african primarily yes. disease a rural african how much exactly yeah um, that's down from 34,000 in 1990. So it's a really big drop and it's actually dropping even more. So, um, and these are deaths, not cases. There's a, a large amount of cases. Um, but one of the reasons, and we'll get into, well, I'll just talk about it now. One of the reasons that those numbers have dropped so much is because, um, the World Health Organization, who, um, there are other drugs that can be used for this depending on what stage you're in, depending on where you're getting the drugs from, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are drugs that are given by World Health Organization to endemic countries um, for free for that's treatment good. of this, right? Okay. So that's been a really big initiative of theirs. Um, and we talked a little bit, I think, about like the tropical diseases um, like commission that... Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that was first episode. Maybe I don't know. Anyways, they're really working on it. Case numbers have dropped a lot, which is really great. Um, this is the most common stat I found as far as United States cases. Since 1967, there have been 36 reported cases of African sleeping sickness in the U.S. It's not not very much. And I, 99% of that is people who traveled somewhere yeah. else. And actually got bitten and then brought it back. Yeah. Um, okay, so oh boy. it's going to reverse your sleep-wake cycle, which is where it gets its name from, right? So you get nocturnal insomnia and then daytime somnolence, 
sleepiness yes yeah okay um and also kind of like almost like a narcolepsy like all of a sudden you're just like i gotta take a nap here (laughs) um you can also get mental problems right hallucinations um anxiety irritation aggression mania confusion you're gonna see motor skills going downhill as far as like it could be speech it could be tremors could be motor weakness um sensory stuff you could get like the visual problems which we you know we didn't see too much of that with her they kind of focused on the other stuff which is fine um and then neurologic problems which we do see in the seizures and coma yeah um so once you have this, this isn't like a, oh, you got it and you're going to get one treatment and go. Um, you're going to get looked at a lot over at least the next two years because this can come back. Um, you could go through these treatments and then it comes back. So you're going to get looked at, you're going to get a lumbar puncture at least every six months, possibly more than that. Mm-hmm. Isn't that um, nice? Along with a bunch of other tests too. Do you have anything to say before I get into um, the medicine? That's just something. I mean, <laughs> that's something. I I guess it obviously it makes sense that some diseases or symptoms or not symptoms, but um, I guess illnesses uh, happen more on on one continent or another. It's just it's always so odd well, to me because I think of like that fly is only there. Yeah, and that's and that's kind of that it fly. too. Like <clears throat> you know, there's a lot of animals that are native to one place mm-hmm. but end up in a lot of different places well, like and that's, west nile mosquitoes and stuff yeah, that's, like that that's why places are so um strict on agriculture um and tra- traveling with that kind of stuff and bringing things over Vegetables and there's so many regulations and, yeah. and those are in place for a reason and um i'm super into plants and like exotic plants and stuff and there's a lot that goes into that um mm-hmm. when you're coming from other countries and stuff and there should be there's there's a lot of restrictions and it's with reason because you can carry all these parasites on the plants or in the soil um but also yeah when it comes to to food um or even just just travel yeah it's just it's it's interesting to me that in such a interconnected world you know knowing what's going on in different countries and stuff like that that there's still so many things that are unique to one continent or one country or something that don't really filter out from there all that often yeah um and the World Health Organization does have, you know, like recommendations for prevention. And a lot of it, honestly, is um, kind of like you would think about trying not to get a mosquito bite. Yeah. Know, using netting and making sure you're covered and stuff because it's, it's a fly. Yeah. It's not like, oh, don't get attacked by this, you know, 20-foot bear <laughs> that you can see coming at you. 20-foot fly. Oh, Jesus. Okay. Malarsoprol. <sighs> All right. So... We're not going to talk about any of the other treatments because this is the one they give her, okay? But this one in particular has to be obtained directly from the CDC, which is the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. So that's why the box it comes in is so badass. Yes. Like, you can't just get this. You have to make a call. You have to, like, consult. You have to give test results. You have to do all this different stuff, and they go and bring it to you. X go and give it to you. Like, Which is interesting because they get it, but they never really show that it's a, they proved that that's what, that's what this was. Yeah. Maybe they did when she slipped into a coma, but yeah, they kind know. of just imply that we're pretty sure this is what it is. Yeah. Um. So this can be used on, like I said, that there was two different types, yeah. depending on where it's from. This can be used on both. Not all the different treatments can be used on both, but this one can. Um, This one can be used on stage two. So there's some that could only work on stage one. 
and some that can only work on one type. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like this one is this is the hard shit which obviously she's in a fucking coma she needs the hard shit yeah because um, they um house mentions i forgot to say that if ed doesn't consent to the treatment she'll be dead by the by next morning. morning yeah which also makes me wonder like how the cdc got it to him so fast no big deal it's fine um everything's fine it's cool everything's fine all right you ready yeah so they mentioned that it can kill you on its own 10 percent of the time that number is actually like three percent to ten percent um which like listen if i if i was having to sign off on this treatment i would want to know worst case scenario personally yeah like give me that yeah anyways it comes from reactive encephalopathy as a side effect so brain issues um reacting from this just Mm. like lights out we're done is the yeah where that can come from uh it really does melt plastic that is a very real thing that's why it's all in glass sounds good and here's the the thing you know how he says it's it's basically arsenic mixed with antifreeze it's literally derived from arsenic okay <laughs> i'm not kidding when i say it's poison Ugh. it's <laughs> and they describe it later as like acid Yes. Too, just so up. a lot of the side effects that you can get from this are the same side effects that you get from arsenic poisoning, which um isn't good. Yeah, I, you can imagine. <laughs> yeah, no, this is this is quite literally. It's not just poison. poison it's literally like acid poison. Yes. Um, like I said, there are some drugs that are provided to endemic countries for free by the World Health Organization, which I think is really really great. All right, so I like to look at pricing for this stuff, right? Yeah. The problem is there's no pricing for this, okay? Um, I mean, so few cases. There's so few cases. This drug in particular, you get it directly from um, the, the CDC. Yeah. It's not like you, you can't just Google like, oh, how much is this with my insurance? That's not a thing. I can't what pick I, this up at, at Walgreens. Yeah, so you're going to go down to CVS. Go to Tell the them family, I sent you. The family pharmacy on the corner. Go to Family Dollar. They got it in the back. Um, Next to the ice cream. Oh, back in the good days when you could just go to the pharmacy and get cocaine. So I did find a number. A number. When, um, when the World Health Organization does use Malarsoprol. So I said they normally use other ones, right? But sometimes there's cases where only Malarsoprol will work. When they do use that and the other drugs that they're going to have to take, which I'm not even getting into here, right? But mm-hmm. of course there's other drugs because we have a million symptoms that have been happening. So we got to take some other stuff. It costs the World Health Organization, who we assume is getting the discount, $627 per life saved. I know that number doesn't sound bad. You're giving me a look like, oh, that ain't that ain't bad. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, but think about how much that would cost if you tried to just, like, go get it. Or, like, insurance tried to go get it. Right? And also, so as of... And I I immediately wonder, too, if, like, the CDC or who would actually charge someone who needed it. In the endemic countries, no. Okay. Um... Because they have a program for it. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm thinking with, like, the UK and the US, 
they like money. They need I, money. I don't know for sure. I actually looked for a really long time trying to find numbers and trying to like figure that out, and there's nothing on it because it's it's so <laughs> rare. Yeah. Um, but who knows? Maybe they talk to insurance. Ha, and who knows? Or, oh, they okay. sure do. <laughs> Great. Snare hit. Do you talk about dopamine yet? No, we're right, cool. we're, we're getting. I was like, wait, that. I have more notes. Okay, so that's all I've got on that fun stuff. Literal arsenic is the treatment. I mean, if it's going to be expensive, I might as well just go drink some antifreeze. I mean, got some in my car. I'll just There's drain a it out. Really great murder case about that. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Um. Okay. So, where are we? I'm so cold. I'm shivering. I'm so cold that I'm shivering. We're almost done. Um. So Ed. Uh, talks to Cameron while um, Elise is getting the treatment and Cameron again once again again shows she is incapable of telling someone something that could hurt their feelings or hurt them one more again Ed asks if his wife can hear him and she gives him a bullshit non-answer of she knows you're always there for her instead of saying the truth I don't know we don't <laughs> <laughs> I don't fucking know. Well, or like, you know, we're we're not really sure, but I like to think she can. Yeah, that's that's a hopeful like, answer <laughs> while still being honest. Like, she cannot she tell you're someone. Always there for you. She cannot tell someone something hurt. that might be the truth that if it, she thinks it's going to be hurtful. So, <sighs> oh, why don't why don't you let me talk to my patient? Well, I fucking wonder why. You gotta but learn. She does stick up. She does. She, she does stick to her guns here in a second. Good here. Um, so Ed says if Elise does get better, it means that she did cheat on him and she lied about it and he doesn't know if he wants her to get better because of this. I don't get the feeling that he's saying, I hope she dies. I think what he's saying here is, I don't know if she does get better. I don't know if I can handle the truth about why she's getting better being I, that that truth but again man it is, i i took it as like she deserves to die for cheating on me yeah I, I really did also i've been threatened to be killed if i like cheated on you know what I mean? yeah so it's i threaten to kill you all the time if you but i'm kidding things. i'm not right. holding a knife to your throat while i do it yeah that never happened no, to just me. in your hand no, it's fine it's I, fine i had therapy today but yeah like i i got the feeling that again regardless of that his what he's saying here is, I don't know if I can deal with the pain of it. So maybe if she dies, it it's means that him. it's okay. And she it's didn't cheat on me and I'll feel better about that. <laughs> like, dude, you're not going to feel good either way. Either, either your very faithful wife dies or she lives and you find out she was unfaithful. Yeah. Wouldn't we rather a person stay alive and you get your feelings hurt, then they die and you get your feelings you hurt? You would think, but... You would think. Um, but he Not asks, bad. Yeah. He <laughs> asks Cameron if that makes him a terrible person. And she says, yup. Pretty much. She... This scene... I I identify with Cameron a lot in this episode. Um, in a, a, a scene coming up here in a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, but also in this one, she... That hurt her. Mm-hmm. Him saying... Him admitting to her, I don't know if I want her to get better. I mean, when she says yes, she's tearing up. Like, her voice And breaks. she doesn't want to say yes. It seems clear that she doesn't want to, but she yeah. feels like she needs to. And it, it's a, it's a painful scene. 
But it's also, I think, a really good look into her. She's hurting his feelings, even though we've just talked about how she can't do that. Right. But this is her sticking to her guns and saying, like, you really would rather her die than have to deal with the fact that she cheated on you. Yes. That makes you a bad person. Yeah. And I don't know, I'm kind of proud of her. Like you said, he's making either way. He's making it all about him. And I think she probably would have told him he's a bad person either way. Yeah. Um, so, uh, we see Wilson in house, uh, once again, talking about Wilson having lunch with the nurse. Um, Wilson says he loves his wife and house says he believes him, but he's loved all of his wives and he ended up cheating on the first two. Um, so he essentially says, Stop getting married. <laughs> yeah, Wilson, your, your problem is you love everybody. Yeah. Um, and, uh, that's, you know, that's your pathology. That's just who you are. Uh, Wilson says, at least he's trying to be a good person. Um, but house points out trying to be a good person doesn't excuse you from doing bad things. Yep. Um, and Wilson counters with something that's just as fair, um, that house doesn't care about trying to be a good person, but that doesn't excuse him saying whatever he wants to say. Yep. So they, calls him out on his shit a little bit. Yeah, it's nice. Which, he kind of storms off a bit right here. Good and for he's, you. he's right here. Um, so we find uh, House, uh, or rather we find Cameron with House, um, where she's recalibrating a centrifuge, centrifuge and she's crying. Um, House wants to know, you know, what's going on. And she reveals that she fell in love when she was in college and she got married to someone at 21 years old who died six months later from thyroid cancer that metastasized to the brain. House shows kind of a, a moment of softness here. He he tells her that he's sorry that that happened. It seems genuine. Yeah. But he also pushes a little further mm-hmm. and says that's not the whole truth. Uh, thyroid cancer would have been diagnosed at least a year before that happened, so you knew he was dying before you married him. So thyroid cancer is one of the most treatable cancers, and there's different stages of it. And also when something metastasizes to the brain, like, that can be quick. Um, yeah. So I don't Maybe Maybe she didn't know, maybe she didn't. Yeah. Um, at the she very knew least, he was she, sick. Yeah, she knew he was sure. sick. And right. then I, I'm guessing... And it can't it, all be treated. It's, yeah, exactly. I'm not trying to downplay thyroid cancer. Um, so he says you can't be that good of a person... To marry someone who you know is dying and also be well adjusted because you end up, as he says, crying over a centrifuge or hating people um, because she tells him that she said Ed was a bad person. Um, she says or hating people. Yeah, or him. hating people. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if she's saying that to House or about herself. No, I think she's saying it about House. But he's not a good person. I don't know. I, she I think she is. she may be saying that he's on the opposite end of things. Maybe. That yeah. um, he may be well adjusted, very well adjusted, but he's not a good person. Right. But that's um, fair. But well, yeah, that's fair. I am. Um, yeah, like I said, I I get her in this scene a lot, um, and we talked about this a little bit after the after we watched this episode together. Um, I think Cameron wants it all. Right. She wants to prove that she's not just hot. 
She wants to be really, really smart, which obviously she is. She wants to be good at her job. She wants to be well-adjusted. She wants to have these social skills. She wants to be superwoman, right? She and, wants to be a super caring person yes. and, and I think soft with her patients. A lot of a lot of women feel this way. Mm-hmm. Um, we've talked a lot about emo- like uh, women's invisible labor and emotional labor. Yeah. Sorry. Hatcha. Um, and I think maybe we're seeing like a little glimpse of this in a way. Maybe I'm just reading too much into it because I, I see myself in it, but that, that need to be everything, right? That need to be that caring and that good of a person and be well adjusted, like to yeah. be able to, to just do everything. So I don't know. I, I feel for her in this. Yeah. And I, I feel like house being much further along in, in his career than her in some ways admires it. He admires it. He also, I think feels bad for it because he's like, I admire you for wanting to do that, but it's not going to last. It's not possible. You burn out. You're, you're going to burn out if you care this much and you have your heart broken over and over Mm -hmm. and over again. Eventually get your heart broken by every patient that walks through the door. You're going to end up like me. Um, so we jump back to Elise and find out her treatment doesn't seem to be helping her. Um, her fever is spiked to 104. Uh, they say her echo shows global hypokinesis. Yes. Um, it's a weakness of the heart muscles. So hypokinesis is uh, a decrease in the amplitude of the left ventricle wall motion in your heart. So it ain't doing good. And her blood pressure is 90 over 40, which for a baby isn't bad, as we pointed out in that episode. Yeah. For an adult, not good. <laughs> it ain't great. Um, Sorry, I just sniffled s- directly into the <laughs> mic. House asks if they've been giving her dopamine. Um, they said they've been giving her 270 micrograms of dopamine per minute for the last 10 minutes, but it's not helping. Okay, why are you holding out on us, doctors? <laughs> You can just get dopamine. Why are you holding out? It's give not, me some of that shit. It's not the same, bro. Um, I, I don't care. I want, <laughs> give me some of that. Okay, so this is used for like low blood pressure, also low cardiac output, which the hypokinesis, right? Um, I'm terrible at cardio. I got it's real also, low output. <laughs> it's also going to give your kidneys some more blood flow. Um, I'm a little confused on this. Someone let me know. So they said 270 micrograms per minute. I looked up the different dosings, okay? A very high dose, like a holy fuck situation, which we kind of have here, is 20 to 50 micrograms per... Oh, maybe it's... I wonder if it's... Kilo... I'll bet it's milligrams. micrograms per kilograms per minute. Oh, okay. That would make sense. Okay, so ignore me. Yeah, so they're giving her... But they are giving her a high dose. Okay. Um. Like I said, it's going to increase your blood pressure... Um. Hopefully, that's that's what we're trying to do here. It will increase your risk of um, heart issues, obviously, because if you're just pumping like a high S dose in here, fucking with stuff, you could make it beat too fast or unevenly or, you know, whatever. But yeah, they can just give you dopamine. Straight up. Can I tell you? Um, I'm just shocked. Can we talk about dopamine for just a titch longer? Just a titch, perhaps. Do you remember you telling me last that episode? Parkinson's is the opposite of schizophrenia. Yes. The way you say that makes me seem like you're going to be like, you dead ass wrong. No. Oh, okay. But it has to do with dopamine. Parkinson's, I'm going to say, can be 
caused by too little dopamine. Okay. Whereas schizophrenia is from too much. I thought I thought that's what it was. I couldn't remember if that was the neurotransmitter yeah. that did it. But yeah, like too little, your body has twitches and problems yeah. like that. Too much, your brain can't. It's it's too much. Like yeah, it's overstimulated. It's overload. Yeah. yeah. I thought that was so interesting. And yet they're not considered related at all. Like they're um, they're not in the same cluster. Well, they manifest in a lot of different. Yeah, that's true. A lot of different ways. Um, one is more physical, whereas one is more mental. Yeah. But yeah, the dopamine is. I I just thought that was so interesting. I wonder if there's because any... we're talking extremes. Also, like you yeah. have to have way too little dopamine, way too much dopamine, which automatically makes me wonder if having one precludes having the other. Like you're not going to have a Parkinson's patient that is schizophrenic. Ooh, I would assume so. Um, that's a bold assumption, Cotton. We'll see if it works <laughs> out for me. But no, I would assume so. Um, I also want to point out, we're talking about like the uh, dopamine you already produce naturally. Yeah. So I just don't want anyone to get confused and be like, oh shit, if I'm taking, you know, certain drugs. Is it, you know? No. I just thought that was so interesting. Yeah. Okay, I'm done talking about stuff. Science is so cool. Science is whack, yo. Damn nature, you scary. <laughs> you um, can tell because of the way it is. So uh, they say the treatment um, won't matter if it's actually killing the parasites because if it kills her heart and her brain, great, you know. And like they said, they're literally pumping acid into her. Um, so Ed overhears this and they're like, well, the treatment's not working. We would have hoped to see her improved by now, but she's going the other way. So she's probably not going to make it. So Ed goes to her and pulls the whole, no, I don't want you to die. I don't want you to die. And then she freaks him the fuck out by reaching her hand over and touching his head. The look oh on his God. face is it's so funny. It's my favorite scene. It's <laughs> because it's actually, if you watch it closely, it's right before she actually touches him. Like, maybe he thought it was a fly. <laughs> maybe he... Th- like felt her hand on his hair or something or maybe just but, felt her body shift oh or something oh my gosh i love it so much <laughs> it's so funny but yeah she's despite them saying she's literally dying she wakes up um snow so, white uh right before she moves though i it's small they don't really focus on it but if you watch her monitor um you do see her blood pressure spike and her heart rate spike a little bit so i guess he said the magic words Them's the words to open the portal to Wait, life itself. What? Please don't die. And oh, then her stuff, right. Her stuff <laughs> I was gets like, better. what? Them's the words. So despite this. Please don't die so I can hate you. Yeah. Despite this, in the very next scene, we see Ed speaking with Elise and he grabs his back to leave her at the hospital. All of this pleading, please don't die. Please stay alive. I feel so bad. I want you to live. Don't you die on me. Bye. <laughs> Yeah. As soon as as soon as she wakes up, um. So she's Cameron sees Ed leaving, um, and confronts him. And Ed says he can't look let go of her being unfaithful to him, and believes if she really did love him that much, then she wouldn't have done this thing that she knew would hurt him so bad. Listen, bro, I think she paid the price. <laughs> yeah, Cameron doesn't believe um that. Uh, she really does believe that Elise loves him, but she can't convince him otherwise, so he does leave. So I think right here, to me, Cameron is seeing what could have been, right? Like, she lost her husband, and I think she's kind of saying, 
if I could have my husband back, I would forgive him for anything. Yeah. Right? Like, I, I could never wish for him to die or, like, be upset that he lived or, yeah. Like, once you lose that thing, right, like you you would take all the bad to have the good back i I think that's what she's saying is she's like she made this mistake but she loves you and you guys are past it and you can you can get past it yeah and he's just like nah which i think she told him who it was yeah i i I think that's why he had such like a sudden change of heart yeah it wasn't just you know a drunken i was at a bar and no, i went no, home no. with someone like this also is... makes me wonder if this has happened more than once yeah i'm gonna say Which, probably we'll get into that um so house ends up talking to elise and says they need to know who she had her affair with so they can tell him mm-hmm. so he can get treatment um right because even if he is asymptomatic then he still needs to get treated because yeah. he's presumably having sex with other people yes um and in this moment he actually very out of character for him asks her why she lied about it usually doesn't care he right. usually just he said he guesses doesn't care. but uh, this time he does ask her and she doesn't exactly answer him but she implies that it's because she didn't want to lose ed's love for her that she would rather die than have him get would hurt literally rather die like <sighs> how sweet i don't buy it <laughs> <How gross. laughs> um so Cameron ends up going to notify the man, and it turns out to be Adam, Ed's jogging partner and former friend. Wow. Wow. That's the end of the episode. There's also a child who is, I assume, Ed, Adam's son sitting yeah. out front, and he's the gatekeeper. She has to get <laughs> past him if she wants to face the final boss. Hey, kid, do you know where your dad is? Fuck off! No, what a weird way of like phrasing that. Like, hey, little boy. Hey, is your dad home? Yeah. Do you know where your father is? What the fuck? It's 11 a.m. Where's you, your kid? <laughs> Goddamn. <laughs> He's at fucking work. I'm walking up to my crib. Also, yeah, like, is he, while he's on his way to jog, does he work? What time is it? Where? Who's watching? Point out, every time we've seen Adam, he's in a jogging outfit. Every time we've seen fucking Ed in the hospital, he's in a fucking jogging outfit. He's got, like, a jogging sweatshirt hey. and, and sweats on. They are ready to jog at all times. I bet every the only reason he ever left her side was, was to jog. <laughs> to go get some of that cardio in. Games don't fucking stop. Give me that runner's eye. Uh, that's how he was Anyways. getting his <laughs> So let's get into some uh, character development for okay. this episode. We've talked a lot about Cameron already. Yep. Um, so with House, um, he does seem to actually care about Cameron's um, past experiences mm-hmm. with death in general. Um, but he as per usual, is fairly blunt about going about learning. Um, again, this is the first time we've really see, seen him question why someone would lie. Um, also, he it's odd that he rides Wilson and kind of pokes fun at him a lot about his past infidelity, but he doesn't have a problem at all suggesting it to Samantha, the clinic patient. Yeah. I don't know if it's just because it's Wilson and he likes making him feel uncomfortable. But yeah, this is one of the first times we really see Wilson actually kind of get angry yep. with House about something like that. And like rightfully so, what Wilson's doing isn't right, but also House just like bringing it up at work and like I don't know, the way he calls him out could have been done better. Yeah. 
Um, similarly, uh, we find out Wilson has been married twice already. Mm-hmm. He's on his third marriage. Um, I think this is the first time we find out his wife's name. Julie. Julie. Um, each of his previous two marriages ended due to his infidelity. So you got a track record, buddy. Maybe you stopped getting married. Yeah. Uh, and his current marriage is probably going to end too. Maybe we'll see. Tune in in a couple seasons. I don't know when something like that I happens. I don't remember how long that takes. Um, we don't see a lot of Cuddy in this one, um, but as we pointed out, she weirdly lets house order tests she 100% doesn't think are necessary. Mm-hmm. Um, she usually pushes back on him, but lets him do it in the end. This time, she doesn't really even push back on him. She's just like, why are you doing this? But she doesn't say, I'm not letting you do this. Yeah. Um, and let's see. Uh, Chase. Not a whole lot with Chase this episode. Other than he guessed very early on that it was parasites and was kind of right. Um, and like we pointed out earlier, they go down a more easy path until they hit a dead end. And then they come back eventually to go on the parasite one. Um, so Foreman, this is really one of the first times Foreman has voiced his recognition that House rides him in mm-hmm. particular. Um and he points out that uh, House, if House does write everyone, he writes him a lot harder. Um, Cameron and Chase say that House does that to them too, but I don't really think that's true. Because yeah. with Cameron, like, like I you said, said I mean, he does it differently. It's more emotional or personal. Yeah. And, and he then, will pester Chase a little more as episodes go on, but it's not like he does with Foreman. Yeah, I, I think the reason he doesn't end up pestering Chase as much is because Chase is kind of a kiss-ass. Yeah, and honestly. usually just goes along with whatever House suggests anyways. But it could also be because House is usually right. So. And honestly, I really do think in House's brain, he's trying to make Foreman better. I think he sees the most potential in him. Mm-hmm. And he sees that as a way to make him think and make him question. Yeah. And kind of make him more into him. I- <laughs> yeah. And I, I wonder if he doesn't... Like, he can kind of see for each um, person on his team what drives them. Mm-hmm. He's been getting more information about Cameron. Like, it's more personal he, stuff that drives him. For Chase, it's his relationship with his father. We do also see House pays attention and stores things away. Like, yeah. the fact that Julie doesn't like green. Yeah. He, he's know, got like, a good memory for he, that kind of stuff. He picks up on these little things, and he uses them, and he puts them together in his brain because it's all a puzzle. Yeah, and I think for him... Uh, he sees anger kind of drives Foreman mm-hmm. and the um, want wanting to prove, to prove things, prove wrong. things. Yeah. and so he, he pokes at that to get Foreman to work harder mm-hmm. um, which I mean it's annoying but it, it seems to work um, you, you were a little more understanding towards Cameron in this one I think she's just projecting so much uh, in this episode um, and unfortunately, in some instances, it sort of affects her ability to get the truth out of what's going on because she doesn't want to admit that these people who are so in love and so devoted that that could have happened. So she doesn't say that. Um, like you said, we find out about her history with the man she married. Um, I'd say there's absolutely no denying that Cameron is a really good person. Yeah. She is absolutely a very good person, but she also seems to expect everyone else 
to see things the way she does mm-hmm. or that everyone else would have made the same decision she did or wants them to like anyone would have married a guy they were in love yeah. with if he was dying she also seems to need a lot of validation yeah so i i think in that case that's kind of the projection with how she confronts ed on some things mm-hmm. like you know this is what i would have done of course everyone would have done it but that's this is a true. different situation yeah um i at first thought in particular that her anger was about maybe she like cheated on her husband and felt bad about it and is trying to sort of reclaim a good feeling that um i don't know you know you can forgive you know you can forgive her for anything because i like my theory better but i think i i think it really was more so just about her husband dying and wanting to sort of see that okay well in this case they would have stayed together that real love yeah yeah um i don't know i feel like we'll probably learn more about her marriage later on but um things to discuss this episode talks a lot a lot about elise and ed's devotion to each other they're so devoted they're so in love we don't see that at all we We never get a scene between the two of them talking about how much they love each other whatever it's just them saying it and all we see is him not leaving her side and House is kind of like, oh, devoted husband. And, like, that's kind of how I felt about it. But also, I, yeah, she's uh, in the hospital, so maybe stay there with her. I, yeah. Yeah. But and he like, does, I mean, he goes down to grab, like, coffee or a shirt or something. Like, yeah, he buys a new shirt so he can stay. Yeah. But, yeah, like. But, yeah, we never see. And they're talking about how devoted they are and stuff. Like, we know they're in, or, no, they're not in marriage counseling, but no. they're. They have problems. Well, and I I very much get the feeling the whole time that their whole, we're so in love, we're so devoted to each other, is them just overcompensating. Yeah. Because they say earlier on, or Ed tells Adam earlier on, um, you know, we fight, we get over it, you know, things are fine. But he also says he hasn't been sleeping well. Yeah. So is he is he worried about their marriage or something like that? I, there's I never the fact, sleep well and I'm not worried about our marriage. There's the fact that his wife has been in bed for three fucking days. And he's and just he, like letting her chill. Yeah, he's just like, okay, you miss work Even for three days. Even if it was depression. Yeah. Like, he let her skip work for three days and is cool to go out and hang out with his friends and stuff and not be... And like leave like, her there. Yeah, when he just... gets back to Rouser, he's not like, I think something's wrong with you. Are you sure we should yeah. go see a doctor? He's just like, come on, get up. Let's go do something. Like, Yeah, it's it's weird. Like, I, I very much feel like they are trying to convince everyone else. They're trying to have that outward per- projection yeah. of perfection. Wow, that was... I got that, that out. Is, that is something. You did it. Band name called um, it. But yeah, I, I think that's what's going on there. Ed's doing it because he recognizes that maybe he doesn't want the marriage to end or maybe he doesn't want to be think, the bad guy. I think they're just comfortable. Yeah. Um, I got the feeling towards the end when, you know, when people are around, he, he seems like such a good husband. But when it's just him and Elise talking, like you said, he seems so happy and so very much wanting her to stay alive but as soon as she was awake and he talked to her alone he just left yeah i i get the feeling that he was looking for an out but didn't want to be the bad guy i mean i'll i'll go on his side a little bit and say that 
he's going through a lot right now. Again, making it all about him. But like, you know, he's he's been through an emotional roller coaster the past few days. Mm-hmm. And it has been for him too. I mean it obviously more for her. Um but I I don't like it. I don't like him. Yeah. She's I, better off without him. Throw him away. <laughs> I I kind of I went back and forth. Like I don't really like either of them. Ed, I don't like because I, again, I get the feeling that just like Elise, he's trying to pretend he's super devoted and super in love when in really he's just, you know, it's easier for him to be at the hospital because it looks like he's devoted. But up until this point, I don't get the feeling that he has been. And then in the end, I feel like he leaves because he's been looking for an out. And now that she's the bad guy, he gets it and he gets to be the good guy who was super devoted to his wife. I was such a good husband, and she cheated on me, so well, she I'm does all leave. the grocery shopping, so yeah. you can't live without her. Um, but on the flip side, the way I kind of see it is she, she cheated on him, and in this particular instance, happened to also get a super deadly illness from it and almost died. Mm-hmm. If you remove that from the equation is he justified in leaving her? Right. And I, I look at it like in a relationship a long time ago, and I, I bet you've probably dealt with this at some point too. Whenever there's a problem in the relationship, the person shoots directly to the most dramatic thing. Oh, I guess yeah. nev- nothing's ever going to work out. I guess we should break up or yeah. something. I I don't know. Like, I don't think she tried to use the situation of I almost died to manipulate him into staying or to manipulate him into, like, being the good person. But she was willing to die rather than him find out. Yeah. So I I get the feeling that she... They both want to be the it's good guy dynamic. here. It's a dynamic. Yeah. They For both sure. want to be the good guy here, but they're neither of them are particularly good. And I don't know. I don't like either of them. I'll just <laughs> put either. it that way. Um, Anything so else to rant about? That's, that that's really it? kind of it. Just... An odd episode. Yeah, it really is. And we don't, not really rooting for anyone here. Yeah. This, by the end, especially after, I mean, the first time I watched it, I had feelings about Ed is completely the bad guy here. But after watching it two or three more times, I was like, I don't really like either of you guys. And then, of course, fucking Adam, you know. Adam. He's having just as many marital problems, too. He's got a kid, but. he's obviously. He's not thinking about divorce. Great. Yeah, so. Not immediately and, saying. Oh, I was. Don't you know, don't the, ignore your marital problems. At the beginning, I um, you know, mentioned like he asks about their sex life, and that's just really, I mean, I don't know. Friends can ask so ask about sex lives, especially like if you're having problems with your own. Maybe you're just looking for some insight or something. But now, knowing that he's sleeping with Ed's wife, yeah. or at least slept with once, it's a fucking weird question, and I don't like it. Yeah. Because it's, it's almost, I don't know if it's supposed to be possessive of like, I, I hope I she's not say, sleeping with her own husband yeah. or if it's like a, you know, I wonder if I'm giving her so much good D that she doesn't need it from Ed. Yeah. Like. I kind it, of got the possessive feeling too from it. Like, he's like, oh, well, I'm the guy that's now. pleasing your wife yeah. and she's not getting it from you. So Adam's I'm the only a man. Yeah. For sure. And that's why he's always wearing a jogging outfit. Um, I will say that. Uh, she she is absolutely a rock bottom at this point she lost her marriage her job her job she's got a long road ahead for recovery yeah um 
But again, I gotta say, the fucking... How did they pay for this shit? Was she getting insurance at her job as a kitchen worker? I, just, I mean, maybe. Maybe. It was I a nice restaurant. I assume she was full-time because... Yeah, it was a nice restaurant to be called the rotisseur. Yeah. I usually get it's, line it's cook. French, but but <laughs> yeah. yeah. I I'm, just, I'm the deep fryer. <laughs> yeah. I work the chicken nuggets, all right? Chicken nuggy. Chicken nuggy. So I guess that's it. You know, okay. I guess that's cool. it. Well, then I uh, will talk to you next week. We'll catch you then. Watch the next episode and then come here. Yeah. All right. Bye. Bye.